Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Roads and Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. All right, guys, if you've been listening to my show, or at least the recent episode, you're aware that my family lost the house that we were renting for the first seven years we were in Pennsylvania, and we are now staying in our camper in a campground. The campground that we were staying at suddenly has a very inquisitive and not at all bashful bear roaming around. Now, I'm not surprised there's a bear there. Um, Northeast Pennsylvania is eat up with black bear. And I'm just not used to seeing black bear all the time. The Appalachian Mountains that I grew up in, there were bear there, but you just really didn't see them very often. In Pennsylvania, you see them all over the place all the time. You see bear about as much as you see deer. I mean, they're in the residential areas. You'll be driving through a neighborhood right in the middle of town, and there'll be a black bear standing in somebody's yard. And it's unusual to go a week without seeing a black bear somewhere. But this particular bear, I don't mean to say that he has come close to the camper. I mean, he has been under the awning on two different occasions when people were sitting out there talking. I mean, he'll just walk right up to you. And Friday evening, I was sitting out there. It was almost dusk. And I heard something in the leaves. And I looked up. And you can't see those black bear when it's dark because i mean it's they're just like a shadow there's nothing to really pick out but i could see the camper in the spot next to us i could see his ears silhouetted against the white of that trailer in the dusk and he was within three feet of me and again there are a ton of bear up there i'm not surprised there's a bear at the campground because when people go camping most of the time they're either grilling out or they're cooking hot dogs over the campfire I'm sure that entire area smells like a buffet to a starving person to this bear. But it is such a weird feeling to have that big of an animal, a wild animal, just walk up to you. I mean, I've had animals that just, like, physically really don't pose a threat. I've been deer hunting, and I've had foxes just come within, like, five feet of me. And it's just a strange feeling to have an animal that should not want to get around humans just to walk up on you like when that fox was coming up to me i was you're just confused by it. it's like what is this thing doing is it rabid do i need to shoot it what why is it coming to me but when you just look up and there's a bear standing there it is a weird feeling and i'm not particularly worried about the bear their black bears are not aggressive they don't want to mess with you but this thing seems to just have an absolute lack of fear of humans And I feel like as bold as this bear is, there may be an incident. Now, I don't think that he's going to attack anybody because you just don't hear about black bears attacking people. But they will tear stuff up trying to get to food. And I just really hope I don't come home one day and find that my camper door has been ripped off because I cooked bacon that morning and he can smell that it's in there. All right, guys, that's my bear story. I know it's not very exciting. It's hardly a brush with death because... When I saw the bear there, I stood up and I walked to the back of the camper and he walked around the front of the camper and that was the end of it. Like I say, they're not aggressive, but but I did want to relay that. It's kind of interesting to to look up and there's just a bear standing there looking at you. It's not something you expect to see most days. All right, guys, the actual topic I want to talk about today is actually sort of a philosophical, maybe more of a sociological question. And the question that I have comes about because I had an interesting conversation with my wife a few nights ago. We had driven to pick my son up from his girlfriend's house, and it was about 10 o'clock, so it was dark, and we're it's about a five-mile drive. 
And I think in that five miles on this sort of back road, it's just a two-lane road that runs in between two small little towns. I bet there were at least 10 people riding along that road with just their brights on, and they make no effort to turn them off. It's not like they've got them on and they forgot about them. They will just bright light the shit out of you, and there's no question about whether they're going to turn them off or realize that they're doing something rude, because it's not that they're forgetting that they've got them on, it's just that they put them on, and they like driving that. And you didn't used to see that. I mean, of course, you would have people bright lighting you every once in a while. I mean, some people are just jerks and they'll do that. But most people, they put them on, they drive a couple of miles down the road and they don't pass anybody. And by the time a car comes the other way, they're not even thinking about the fact they've got their brights on. They're not trying to be rude. They're not being jerks. It's just, you know, they forgot. That's not how it is anymore. And it points to a major change in the way individuals look at themselves and other members of the society. What I'm talking about here is there's a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I'm starting to think it's about 75% of the people out there think that they are the only people on the planet, and everybody else has to accommodate them no matter how selfish or foolish or pointless whatever whim that they want fulfilled at that moment is. Everybody else has to accommodate them. And if they don't get accommodated, they just lose their minds. And you can see it from all the fights that you see. I mean, places that you never would see fights. I and mean, people are fighting in fast food restaurants, nice sit-down restaurants, Target, Walmart, the grocery store, anywhere and everywhere. Suddenly, all you hear about is people getting into fights. And it's always over something really silly. And not only is it over something silly, a lot of times it's women now. And you used to never see women getting into fights in public. If you saw somebody, a woman, getting into a fight, she was a lifelong bar fly, and you're thinking, well, she was just drunk, and that's what happened. But that's not the way it is anymore. Women are ready to throw down at the drop of a hat all of a sudden. And I just wanted to take a couple of minutes and talk through why I think this is going on or not maybe try to puzzle out what's causing it. I'm, I'm far from an expert in sociology, but I have noticed what a big change has happened. But going back to the, to the bright lights, like I say, you would always see that sometimes, but this is something new. And we traveled down to Virginia to visit family this weekend. I paid attention. Now, granted, this is a 400-mile drive, but it's at nighttime. We left at like 10 o'clock at night. So we were on the interstate from 10 o'clock till about 3, 3.30 in the morning. And at that time of day, there's not a lot of traffic on the road. But in the time that we were on the interstate, and like I say, I paid attention. I kept track. I saw 27 people just cruising with their bright lights on. A few of those were trucks. And you didn't see that with professional drivers. Really, You didn't used to see it. But I saw several trucks where the guy just had his high beams on and people were, you know, flashing their lights at him. I saw one guy that got behind a, it was like a rollback truck, but he had work lights on the back. And this truck was riding behind this rollback truck. And after about a mile of this semi bright lighting the rollback, the guy in the rollback turned on his work lights on the back of his truck. So he was bright lighting the truck back, which I thought was a brilliant move. And I would love to buy that guy a beer. But that is the only thing 
that caused this trucker to turn his bright lights off is the fact that this guy was blinding him. And the, the trucker was probably pissed. I mean, he was probably just beside himself that that guy dared to turn those lights on. You know, the fact that he had been bright lighting him for the last five minutes, that does not enter into the equation at all. But I'm sure the guy driving the semi was thinking, I can see slightly better with my bright lights on, therefore I'm going to drive my bright lights on and screw everybody else on the interstate. And that's what it comes down to, really. People, I mean, it's, they're called low beams and high beams. They're not called good beams and better beams. To some small extent, I actually blame the government for this, which I know probably sounds a little strange. But the government has gotten involved, the, the national Highway Traffic Safety Board, I'm not sure exactly what the what the initials are. They've actually gotten involved. Of course, they set the highway code, and the cars have to meet these standards to be street legal to drive in America. Well, the government several years ago got involved, and they said that your low beams have to be under a certain candle power or lumens. I'm not sure what the what the measurement is. But they set a cap on how bright your low beams can be, and they said that they have to be pointed at a certain angle down at the road. They could not, the beam could not hit above a certain angle in front of the car. Now, this would not be a problem except for the fact that the government does what the government always does, and they did not consult experts. They did not really talk to anybody. They just arbitrarily set these limits. And what they've done is they've made it to where the pool of light in front of your car from the low beams is so small and the lights are so dim, you really can't see much when your low beams are on. Now, you can still see, but anybody that drove a car from the 80s and now has a more modern car, I'm sure you've noticed how much dimmer your low beam lights are and how much less you can see when you're driving with your low beams. When I was working at the Toyota dealership, I would have somebody come in at least I'm going to say three times a month. It was probably more than that. And they would want to know if they could, if we could adjust their low beams because they couldn't see anything. The answer to that question was always, we can adjust it up a little bit. There's very little adjustment. And I would explain to them, you know, the government standards and it can only come up so high. But people would complain constantly that when they were driving, they couldn't see with their low beams on. Now, the fact that they were in my dealership having that conversation means that they were not always driving around on their high beams or they wouldn't care what the low beams are. But we have got a large segment of our population now that has just said, screw everybody else, and they're just trucking down the road with those high beams on. And their attitude is, I can see better with the high beams on. I'm going to drive with them. And all the people coming the other way that are sideswiping mailboxes because they cannot see where they are in the lane, because the only thing they can see are these two collapsed signs coming straight at them. That's their problem. It's not mine. They are the only people on the planet that matter. And the rest of us can just deal with their presence until they're going on their merry way. And all you've got to do to see how much this has increased is just Google, you know, fights in public or fights at the Costco or fights at the Walmart or just anywhere. And look at the dates and look how that has escalated just year after year. And it's the last five years, it's taken off like wildfire. Ten years ago, if you just took a random sample of 100 people in this country, there might be one person out of that group that was nutty enough to want to go over the counter at McDonald's because they ordered a large french fry and they got a medium. 
if you took that same sample today, I swear I think it would be 30 or 40 people that would actually, I mean, not just be willing to do it, I mean, just almost eager to physically attack a 17-year-old because some minor thing was wrong with their order. I mean, first of all, who goes to McDonald's and expects their order to be correct? I mean, it it flabbergasts me when I order something at McDonald's and everything that I ordered is in that bag exactly the way I asked for it. And I'm not knocking McDonald's employees. It's just sort of the way it is with fast food. My first job was at McDonald's. I personally think everybody would be better people if they would work six months at McDonald's. It gives you an appreciation for just how crappy people can be to minimum wage employees. But the flip side of that is, is that there are times where the people at McDonald's kind of deserve to get yelled at, but they certainly don't deserve to be attacked. I mean, it's a crappy hamburger. Why are you going to get in a fight and get arrested over a crappy hamburger? But these people really aren't thinking about the consequences of their actions. They're just reacting. It's, I mean, we've become instinctual animals. We're like crabs. You just, you know, reacting to stimulus in your environment. And that is more apparent on airplanes than anywhere else. Because why on earth would you start a fight on an airplane in 2022? The list of bad things that are going to happen is almost endless, and there is no upside to starting a fight on an airplane. Number one, does anybody just fly somewhere where it doesn't matter the destination or if you get there or not? It seems like everybody on an airplane has paid a lot of money because they need to be at a specific location on this date for a specific reason. And those plane tickets aren't cheap. I mean, unless you're doing some little regional city-to-city jump, you paid a couple hundred dollars to be on that plane, and probably a lot more in most cases. It's almost worse if you are on a short flight because you you can't keep it together for a 35-minute flight. That's worse, in my opinion. But again, aren't you trying to get somewhere? Don't you want to get there? I mean, I almost never just go for a car ride. I mean, I get my feel of driving, going to places that I have to be, you know, running errands, going to work, picking the kids up. I get plenty of driving that I don't really feel a need to just go for a drive. But maybe one time a year, we'll just say, you know, hey, let's let's get out of the house. Let's go for a ride. And we'll just drive somewhere. Now, it's different when I'm going on my motorcycle. I never have a destination in mind when I get on my motorcycle. I'm never trying to get anywhere. I'm just wanting to go. The ride is the point of the ride. And I'll, I'll have a road in mind, but I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm just, I'm going to get on this road, and I'm going to ride until I get bored, or a lot of times I'll get hungry, and I'll stop and get a bite to eat somewhere, and then I'll turn around and come back. But I'm never trying to get anywhere when I go on the bike. That is just a ride. I just sit down on the saddle and I point that front tire toward freedom. But I cannot imagine anybody just going for a plane ride. Unless you're at a fair and you're doing one of those little 20-minute spins around the area. But you're trying to get somewhere. And if you start a flight on that plane, the best case scenario is that they're going to restrain you somehow and continue the flight. That usually doesn't happen. They will either go back to where they took off from, or they'll redirect the plane to another airport to get you off of that plane as quickly as possible. 
So you have paid a lot of money that you're not going to get a refund for because it was your actions that prevented you from getting to your destination. Plus, everybody else on that airplane was trying to get to that city. Either that's where they were going or they needed to catch a connecting flight. And you have screwed everybody else on that airplane. So everybody on the airplane hates you. When you land, you're immediately going to be arrested. You know, with after 9-11, the laws regarding air flights is insane. You're going to face a laundry list of charges. And all you had to do was sit in that seat and keep your mouth shut for an hour and a half. And what on earth could have happened that made it necessary for you to start throwing punches? Rational people would understand that there is nothing good that's going to come out of them starting to throw punches. But again, these people view themselves as they are the some point of all creation, and they have been aggrieved somehow, and this cannot be allowed to stand. So let me take a swing at the stewardess. I actually have a solution to this, because if they would be one video on YouTube of somebody getting D.B. Coopered out the back of the airplane, this crap would come to a screeching halt. And, and give them a parachute. I'm not saying throw them out and kill them. But if, when somebody start acting up, if you just had two burly air marshals just put a parachute on them and chuck them out the back door and say, you know, good luck to you on the way down, that would be the end of people attacking stewardesses and other passengers on airplanes. But where is all this behavior coming from? Why has it gotten so bad so quickly? And I don't have an answer for that. I've got some theories. We're going to run through them now. I'd love to hear what you think about these, by the way. But, I mean, number one, I, I've spoken before about how the human species, we were just not ready for the Internet. We're just not emotionally mature enough to deal with the anonymity and just how egotistical the Internet can be. You know, everybody... Suddenly it's, you know, it's my Facebook. How many likes did I get? How many shares did I get? It's, it's my YouTube channel. It's my podcast. The internet sort of has made everything about the individual. And you would think that that's a good thing in a lot of ways, but it's taken people to a very bad place. And I also blame COVID for a few different reasons. Now it's, COVID is not the cause of all this, but I think it's sort of, sort of turbocharged the movement toward this very narcissistic, I have to get my way all the time kind of mentality that people are displaying in our society right now. The number one reason this, I think, is just the, the lockdown. And now I've talked before how there's been psychological studies of prisoners that have been put into solitary confinement and how there are people, you know, certain personality types, if they get put into solitary confinement, even for just like two days, even that short amount of time, that can have very deep and very long-lasting psychological effects on that person. And we're talking about two days in isolation. We were locked down for the better part of two years. And it has had a huge effect on the psyche of the people in this country, and I'm sure all over the world. Also, there was another thing about COVID. Is suddenly you had all these videos going viral where it was people confronting people in public that didn't have a mask on. And of course, a lot of the country, people like me, and hopefully people like you watch that stuff, and the person yelling at somebody that they don't even know because they're not wearing a mask 
outside in a park where you're not going to be able to spread it anyway. We looked at those people as nut jobs. You know, like, wow, look how unhinged that woman is. But there's also a very large group of people in this country that viewed that person attacking a perfect stranger as the hero. And because there's something very strange about the way we looked at COVID. COVID was not a disease that was out there and people were going to get it and some people would die. This was looked at absolutely as there's a disease out there and I might get it. I might die. And there's a lot of people that really saw this, you know, you're, you're fighting the good fight if you go around and settle everybody's hash because they're not wearing a mask. You were the hero if you were telling people that they have to get vaccinated. You, you have to do what the CDC says. People were viewed as sort of the caped crusader in that scenario. And I think that threw a lot of gasoline on the fire that was already burning where people thought that, you know, my needs and my wants supersede anything else on this planet. And a big part of the problem is, is there's just not a lot of consequences for people that engage in this type of behavior. Now, the people that fight on airplanes, they're going to get consequences aplenty. I don't think that those individuals will understand why. They'll just want to know, you know, I told them why I was upset and they didn't immediately correct it. You know, why, why aren't you going after them? I don't really think those people understand that their actions are what has brought them into that situation once the cuffs go on and they're getting their list of charges read to them. But for everybody else, there's really no consequences to, to their bad behavior. And we need to institute some some judgment on these people. You know, we have... For about the last 20 years, we've been saying, you you can't judge. You've got to let people be themselves. And Well, if you're going to act like a maniac in public, I think that we should judge you. Now, this is going to sound very archaic and old-fashioned, but I'm going to pull out a word that used to get thrown around a lot, and it's decorum. People used to be expected to behave like rational adults when they were in public. And people did not want to do anything that would put them in a shameful light. You would avoid fighting unless you absolutely had to do it. Because if you were in a fight, it was a sign to the people around you that you were low class. You had a, had a bad upbringing. You know, people strove to be gentlemen and be ladies. And now if you say that to somebody, they think you're joking with them. Because you know, if you're going to be the nice guy all the time. You're just a fool. No, that is how members of a society are supposed to treat each other. That's how societies get along. If everybody out there is an individual, and more importantly than that, so fiercely territorial of whatever they want to do, that they're willing to physically attack strangers over the tiniest little thing, you don't have a society. You've got a bunch of animals running around fighting over territory. We're supposed to be above that. We're supposed to have evolved beyond our animal ancestors. We're supposed to be better to each other, and we're supposed to be smart enough to understand that that's not how people in a society should behave. And I don't think it would necessarily solve the problem completely, but it would go a long way to stopping this crap if we could stop treating anyone who says what I just said as the problem, because you're not allowing somebody else to live their truth. All right, guys, that is about all I've got for you today. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I thank you for sitting with me this long. I would love to hear your thoughts on some of my ramblings here. If you'd like to leave me a comment, you can do so at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com. Or you can go to the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. All right, guys, take a second to hit the like, uh, share this with a friend. And as always, if you would like to subscribe, I would greatly appreciate that. All right, guys, hope everybody's having a good weekend, enjoying their last few weeks of summer. And we will talk again very soon.